I'm going to pray, and then we're going to get into our message. Lord, we thank you for this time. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Jesus, we honor your name. We honor your presence in this place, Lord. We ask that you would have your way, Lord. We surrender to you. You're the king. You're the boss. Do what you want to do, Lord. We surrender our lives and everything to you, God, in these moments. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's going to be a fun day. It's going to be a fun day. I was getting kind of this picture during worship of battling, but battling with joy. You know, we can kick the enemy's butt and have a smile on our face the whole time. The joy of the Lord is in this place today. There was a couple weeks ago when we were in staff meeting, we were worshiping, and the Lord really put this on my heart. He spoke something to me, and I, it's just been echoing in my heart for, for the last couple weeks. This is what he told me. He said, tell my people they will dance upon their enemies. Tell my people they will dance upon their enemies. I believe we're moving into a season as a church and in the body of Christ where the enemies that have held back God's people are about to be put under our feet. Come on. I'm not just saying that to make you feel good. We are moving into a season where the church is rising up. And there's a verse, I love this verse, it's not in my notes, but it's in Psalms, I think 100, but it says, the Lord said to my Lord, sit here at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. God is, Jesus is going to come back for a church, but he's not coming back for a church until his enemies have been put under his feet. And we are the ones that are going to do that. There is a strength coming to the church of God. There is an anointing coming to us. I don't know if you sense it, but something is happening in the church. I sensed it in California. It's not just here. God is awakening the church. He is strengthening us in this season. And it's going to be so amazing to watch what the Lord does in this time. Our message today is called The Cry for Deliverance. The Cry for Deliverance. And I want to read this scripture in 2 Samuel 22. Then David spoke to the Lord the words of this song on the day when the Lord had delivered him from the hand of all of his enemies. Can you say that with me? All of his enemies. And from the hand of Saul. And he said, the Lord is my rock and my fortress and my deliverer. The God of my strength in whom I will trust. My shield and the horn of my salvation. My stronghold and my refuge. My savior. You saved me from violence. I will call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised. So shall I be saved from my enemies. You have to know and you have to believe that there will be a day that you can stand and say, the Lord has delivered me from all of my enemies. From all of my enemies. The Lord didn't save us. He didn't bring us out of darkness so we could walk in bondage. He saved us so we could be free. And I'm in a season, I'm telling you, I'm in a season of restoration where all of my enemies keep falling to the ground. And I keep saying, Lord, is there, is there going to be anything you can't do? And he keeps saying, no, there's nothing I can't do. There's nothing today that God can't break off of your life. There's no enemy. And, and no matter what your last season has looked like, I know some of you may have struggled and you may have, there may be things that have held you down. It doesn't matter. This is a new season. This is a new season what God is doing. My first point is this. If we're going to talk about deliverance, we have to talk about Jesus. Jesus is our great deliverer. 
Colossians 1.13 says, He has delivered us from the power of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of the Son of His love. Oh, I'm so grateful that Jesus has delivered us from our sins. How many are grateful for that today? How many have received that today? That's such a beautiful thing. There's no greater deliverance than having your sins taken away. There's nothing greater when we get to heaven and we stand before Jesus and we stand completely righteous and holy and forgiven. There'll be nothing greater in our lives than, than that deliverance, the day that he washes our sins away. I'm so grateful that the Bible says as far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. You know when the Lord looks at you, he looks at, at you with nothing but love. His back is towards our sins and his eyes are towards us with love. He's forgotten our sins. It's such a wonderful thing to be forgiven. But the cross wasn't just for our sins. The cross wasn't just so we could be forgiven. The cross was for the whole man and the whole woman. When Jesus died, he died for every part of our lives. That's what we want to talk about today. The verse, I want to read Isaiah 53 to you. It says, everyone knows this verse, but so powerful. Surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten by God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. At the cross, Jesus died for our pain. At the cross, Jesus died for our sickness. At the cross, Jesus died for our rebellion and our sin. At the cross, he died so we could have peace. There is not one part of our lives that Jesus doesn't want to bring wholeness, restoration, and healing. Amen? All of our enemies. There isn't any area of our life that God is not trying to heal today. Come on, so let's get into healing. Amen? All right. You know, our hope today is not to just talk about deliverance, but to bring you into a place where you understand how to obtain deliverance in your life. And part of that is really understanding your identity and understanding who you are. Did you know that deliverance is part of your birthright? As a believer, deliverance is part of your birthright. It's part of what God gave you when you became a child of God. Psalms 32, 7 says, you are my hiding place, my escape. You shall preserve me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. A hiding place is an escape, and an escape means to break free from something. So what is your hiding spot in your life? It should be Jesus, right? Like we should be in a place as believers where when we need an escape from the world, our hiding place is to run to the shelter of who he is. See, I'm a, I'm a mom, and so everything in my life is sort of centered around the vision of, like, what a mom is like. Is like. And <clears throat> I have a hiding place in our house, and I'm not ashamed of it. And my kids, unfortunately, know where it is, so it's not as special as it used to be. But I, I hide in our bathroom. Okay, so let's just be real for a minute. We have a bathroom in our room and the toilet area is like separate from the sink area. And if I can get a mom to like say amen to this, I go in the bathroom, the toilet stall, and 
like this is embarrassing, but it's the truth. Like lock the door, use the little fan thing, right? I'm not actually using the bathroom, I'm just hiding, right? I just need like a minute to, of composure. I know I'm not the only one that this has happened to, and I will stay there until my little child is shoving things under the door or talking to me through the door. But we all have to have a hiding place, right? We have to have some place that brings us shelter. God's intention for your life was for you to break free from that, to have to break free out of the confinement and control of everything that is in your life that is not supposed to be in your life. So he gave it to you as a birthright because his name is Yeshua, which means the God who delivers. So when you took on the identity of Jesus and you declared that he is your savior, you became Yeshua the deliverer, he gave you his name and he said, this is what you have access to because you are my child. You already have access to deliverance in your life. My father is a businessman and a well-known businessman in the Midwest and so when I was growing up, I moved back there for college and there were times like, I'll just use this as an example because it's happened to me on multiple occasions, but I would like need something fixed with my car and he would be like, go to this place, talk to this person, and just tell them you're Jay's daughter. And I'm like, okay, like they don't know me. Like they have no idea, I'm just this like little, you know, college student coming in. And every time I would go in and say, hi, my name is Candace, I'm here for such and such, I'm Jay's daughter. And as I would say that, it was like, oh, Oh, you're Jay's daughter. Okay, so now I have access to things that I didn't have access to when I just went in as Candace. So you have access to things in your heavenly birthright that you didn't have access to before you entered the kingdom of heaven. And deliverance is one of those things. So you have to have an identity shift in your mind. You have to understand whose you are. You have to understand who you are and that he already gave you that identity. So he wants to move you from a place of passivity and acceptance with this is just what life is. This is just where I'm at. Some of you came in this morning in the heaviness, the weight of what you're carrying, the anxiety, the grief, the fear, the worry, the trauma, Whatever it is, you came in and the weight of that has you in a spirit of defeat. And the Lord is saying, my identity is not defeat. My identity is deliverer. And you have my birthright. And so now you are gonna walk into deliverance. You're gonna walk in your identity. You're gonna walk as the deliverer. Your name is deliverer. Your papa's name is deliverer. Your father is a good father and he paved the way for you today. So we're gonna talk, continue to talk about what we've granted access to, amen? It's gonna be amen. good. Woo, you can just keep preaching, babe. No, you're good. Anytime you wanna just keep going. I love that. There's a verse in Psalms 40. I think this is such a beautiful picture of God's deliverance and how he works with his children. Um, Psalms 40, it says, I waited patiently for the Lord to help me, and he, and he turned to me and he heard my cry. 
He lifted me out of the pit of despair, out of the mud and the mire. I love this picture because I think all of us have either been in a pit or we're going to be in a pit. Come on, let's be real. We've been in places. What's David talking about? He's talking about he's stuck somewhere he cannot get out of on his own. And I think about all the times in my life that I've been stuck in pits where I could not get out on my own. But the supernatural hand of God reached down and pulled me out. We all get in those places. Amen. Sometimes it's just life. Sometimes life can suck. And you can go through hard stuff, right? And it puts you in a pit of pain or brokenness or despair, discouragement. Let's just be real. Sometimes it's because of us. Most of my pits were man-made pits. I'm going to be honest. Most of the time when I was stuck in addiction and alcoholism, those things that I, that I could not get off of me, I created those pits. It was my decision to go sin against the Lord and create those pits. But the wonderful thing about God is when I cried to him, when I said, Lord, I cannot get out of here, and he came to me, he didn't say, Matt, how'd you get down there? He didn't say, what'd you do this time? He didn't point his finger and condemn me. All I saw was a hand of love. All I saw was a hand of restoration reach down. He's so good. Our God, you have to know this because if you're going to cry out, if you're going to walk in deliverance, you have to know how good he is. You have to know how good his nature is. Jesus did not come to condemn the world. He came to save the world. There's no condemnation in his heart. Whatever you may be struggling with, whatever we need help with, when he looks at us, he reaches down and just pulls us up. It's such a beautiful thing, what God does. My next point or question is this, how does God deliver us? It all starts with a cry from his children. It all starts with a cry from his children. In Psalms 41, which we just read, he said, and he inclined to me and he heard my cry. Every time we cry, God hears us. Think about that throughout your life and for the rest of your days. Every time you need him to pull you out, he hears you. There is not one time that our God does not hear his children when they cry to him. What a God we serve. I've got this kind of funny example, but I think as a parent, how many parents do we have in the room? I said this in first service, but we got to stick together. We need to help each other, pray for one another. You can, or Bella's here. You're, you guys are amazing, but we still need help. We still need prayer. But I, I think that parents have this superpower. And I think, you know, you can be watching your kids. I remember when they were young, we'd watch our kids. They could be going crazy, like wrestling and playing and throwing, you know, throwing things across the room at one another. And you're not even concerned. But there comes the moment where you hear that cry and you know something's wrong. You hear that, that I don't even know what it is, but the tone or just whatever that cry is, you hear something and something in your heart says there's something wrong. And as a parent, you just instinctively, like, I'm going to go help my kid. I feel like that's what's happening in the church right now. There is a cry for deliverance. There is a cry for freedom that is that is being birthed in us. And like Candace said, it's something inside of us. It is our nature to be free. And we are realizing, man, we haven't been very free all these years. And there's a cry going on in our hearts. And God hears it every time. 
I remember that when we had Isabella, our 17-year-old, I'm sorry, I'm embarrassing you today. This is what my dad did to me. This is just what happens. This doesn't embarrass you. It embarrasses him. Yeah, I'm going to embarrass myself. You're good. But I remember when we had Isabella, first of all, being a parent is crazy because our first kid, we were at the hospital for like two days. We had Bella, and then they're like, oh, you got to go home. I'm like, what? <laughs> You're just going to send us home with this child, and we have to keep her alive? Like, wait, where's the manual? Like, where's the instructions? And they're like, no, you got to leave. I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is real. How many, come on, be real, parents. How many were in that car driving home like, I don't know. I don't know about this. I don't know if they should trust us with a human being. <laughs> and I remember when, when she was really little and she would cry, we'd have the monitor. Candace would have the monitor on her side of the bed. But I just wanted her to be safe and protected. I didn't know her cries. I didn't know if she was in trouble. So literally in the middle of the night, if she cried, I would go from laying down position, like sprint across the house, and in two seconds I'd be over her crib. Like, are you okay? Are you okay? I'd be checking on her. Now, I mean, she laughs at it. Like, what were you doing? I was just making sure she was okay. You're welcome, Bella. <laughs> now I laugh about that, but I get this picture of the Lord. He's in this ready stance. It says in Psalms 46, our God is a very present help in time of trouble. Some of us need to know the stance of God towards us. Some of us grew up with fathers that maybe didn't have that stance towards us. So we didn't have a father that was ready to help. We had a father that actually we had to, maybe you had to beg him for help and you didn't get it. So when you think about God, you don't think about this God that's just waiting to rescue. He's waiting to come. When his children cry, he moves. When his children cry, he moves to rescue. And he moves quicker than I can. He is so good. He is so good. Amen? You know, I think it's important for us to know, like we know, like Matt is saying, God's response to us. But what is our response to him? We have to learn, like we were talking about a hiding place, we have to learn to hold on for dear life. You have to learn to cling to Jesus like there is no other option. See, fear and anxiety and worry, guilt, shame, condemnation, all of these things play tricks on your mind that have you trying to figure out how to save yourself instead of allowing him to save you. I want you to think about when someone is like learning to swim or like if they're drowning. Have you ever swam with someone that's learning to swim? It's not a very fun experience. They, their whole body weight, right, like lays on you, clings to you, like it could take you out with them. That's how we have to cling to Jesus. Our entire body weight has to be on top of him. The good news is, is it's not going to take him out. You have to know what your response is going to be when he says, how can I help you get out of that pit? When he says to you, my name is Yeshua, your deliverer, what is your response going to be? You have to hang on for dear life. 
We get asked a lot of times, you know, what is it? How do you, how do, you do this deliverance thing? Like, how do you go from a place where the weight feels so heavy all the time and walk and move into a place of freedom? It would be so great, wouldn't it, if the Bible was like, Ezekiel chapter 7, point 1, do this. Subpoint B, then do this. Like, wouldn't that be, I mean, it does, but like some of us really need it broken down, like instruction, point A, point B. It's not always like that, right? But there is a little bit of a method in the madness. And I think it's important for us to understand because he already has our deliverance planned. He's already started the process, so now it's about our response to him holding on to him, holding on to his promise, holding on to what he's already said in his word. The question is how? Well, you cry out. You cry out. There's a moment of vulnerability that comes when the desperation for deliverance overrides the pride of what do I look like when I'm trying to get it. You have to cry out for that deliverance because like Matt said, the Lord hears your cry and he knows that cry and he's quick to respond. You have to hold on to that promise, hold on to his name, Yeshua, deliverer. You have to thank him for it. Man, praise is a weapon. We did, we did that all morning. Pastor Mike teaches it all the time. Our praise produces breakthrough. So when we're crying out for deliverance and we're holding on to who he says he is and we're thanking him for it, then we declare over your own life who you are and whose you are over and over. And you do this system on repeat every day, every morning, and every night until you're walking in deliverance. And you get up and you do the same thing the next day. And maybe something hasn't changed yet. Maybe that weight is still there. But I promise you, I promise you he is good and he is faithful. And when you begin to do these things and activate the authority of Jesus over your life, deliverance is yours. It is just a matter of time. And like we sang this morning, he's on time. Might not be your time, but he is on time. We have this um, hanging on our fridge, and I love this version of Psalms 91. The message version, verses 14 through 16. If you will hold on to me for dear life, I will get you out of any trouble. I will give you the best care if you will get to know me and trust me. Call me and I'll be at your side in bad times and I will rescue you, then throw you a party. I will give you long life and give you a long drink of salvation. Every deliverance from every stronghold in your life is already the promise that he's given you. You already have it. Now you just have to learn to walk into it. Amen. The last scripture I want to mention is when David said, I cried to the Lord and he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. You know, the reason we can talk about deliverance is because we've walked through deliverance. And we try not to talk or teach on anything that we have not walked through. And 
I should be in those pits that I talked about. I should be in the pit of addiction still and all the things that I dealt with, depression, suicide, all the things that God had to pull me out of. And this season, it's been breaking fear, which Doc has helped me tremendously. Thank you, Doc. But pulling me out of these pits that the devil had me in. I don't know what you're in today, but I know he is able. I know he is able because I've seen it. I've experienced it. And it is amazing to watch God pull you out. Not only pull you out, but then he pulls you in to his kingdom. He doesn't just set us free. He brings us into grace, identity, and purpose, and love, and all of the things that he has waiting for us. He's not just barely trying to get you free, man. He's trying to make you an overcomer. He's trying to fill you with his life. It's supposed to be life abundant in our lives. It's supposed to spill over till we can't even contain what we have. Till our lives are just spilling over everywhere we go because God's goodness is flowing from us. God is taking you somewhere amazing in this season. And whatever you faced in the last season, whatever struggles that may have held you down, this is a new time. This is a new season. It's time to hit that reset button because this is a new season. Amen. If you guys can stand to your feet with me, we can get the worship team out. We thank you, Lord. You know, the first thing we talked about was the great deliverance of Jesus. And I want to not leave this moment without giving people an opportunity to find that. There's nothing like having your sins washed away. There's nothing like coming into God's love and grace. There's nothing more important you'll ever do in your life than receive God's grace. And you, if you do not know today, if you die today, because we don't know how long we're gonna live, and you're not confident that you're gonna go to heaven, today is your day. Don't leave this place without finding Jesus. I wanna give everybody an opportunity. Maybe you've been far away from the Lord like I was that I ran from God for so long and I needed to come back. Maybe you've been far away from the Lord and, and today you just need to come back to him. God is waiting with open arms today to receive you. And God is so excited about new children coming into his family. If that's you today and you don't know the Lord, you haven't received his forgiveness, just throw your hands up. We're going to just have everybody looking around because it's not something to be ashamed of. It's something to be super excited about. If there's anybody that doesn't know him, just throw your hands up. Or if you're coming back to him for the first time, thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 All of heaven. All of heaven rejoices over one person coming to Christ. We should be so excited when people come to, come to God. It's such an amazing thing. Now let's just close our eyes. And in your own words, I want you to just ask God to come into your life, to forgive your sins, acknowledge him as Lord and Savior today. It's not about saying a perfect prayer. It's about your heart connecting with his heart. It's about you surrendering your life to him. Just say that in your own words and ask him to forgive you and to come into your life afresh and anew. And today you're going to have new life brought into you in this moment. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. The second thing we want to pray for is if this message was pulling on your heart and you're like, man, I'm in, I'm in one of those spots I cannot pull myself up out of. There is an anointing. There is an anointing from the Lord to break yokes and bondages. I have experienced it multiple times in my life where I could not break something off my life, but the Spirit of God broke it. 
Now I had to walk it out in my healing and deliverance and learn how to obey God, learn how to not pick up the things that he just broke off of me and put them back on myself. Come on. But he had to break it off. I could not break it. I could not break it. If that's you today, it could be fear, it could be depression, addiction, pain and brokenness. It doesn't matter what it is. There's no condemnation. God just wants his children free. If that's you today, we wanna just pray and agree with you that today you're gonna walk out of this place free with every chain broken. Just throw up your hand today. Come on, church, let's, if there's someone around you, let's, let's pray, let's find someone around you and begin to pray for them. Today we believe is your day of freedom. Today we believe is your day of deliverance. If we can have the prayer team also start to come down here. Lord, right now we just speak freedom over your children. We speak freedom over your children, God. And we speak that every yoke in the name of Jesus is broken today. Every bondage is broken off of your people today, Lord. And we receive your strength, God. We receive the supernatural power of God to pull us out of any pit that we are in today. We break oppression and depression today. We break addiction. We break drug addiction. We break pornography addiction in the name of Jesus. We break every addiction that's trying to hold your people back today in the mighty name of Jesus. And now let's just receive his strength. God, pour your strength on your people in this moment. Holy Spirit, would you fill them with strength and power. Equip them, heal them and fill them, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, God. We're just gonna ask in this moment, if you need prayer for anything, if you need more prayer, you're one of those that put your hand up, you're saying, man, I need more prayer. Come down front. If you just gave your life to the Lord and you'd like to share that with us and we could pray with you for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we would love to pray with you to get filled with the Holy Spirit today. But if you need prayer for anything, please come forward as we worship. church we want to remind you that we have family sunday in the courtyard we have food we have games for the kids it's going to be a great time of fellowship please come join us you guys walk out in god's victory this week and his freedom in jesus name we love you guys